0: involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. (laughs) This, this, This show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hello, everybody. Broadcasting live from the border of liberty and prosperity in the highway to the north, this is Safety Works. Or Tuesday, November seventh, two thousand twenty-three. How's everybody doing out there? Where have I been? If you have been following uh, my social media, my Facebook page, uh, you do know that uh, my mother has uh, passed away uh, last uh, week. So. Uh, that's where I've been, uh, been managing and dealing with that, and that's not what I wanted. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for all the condolences they sent, the thoughts and prayers, and everything else that went on there. I'm going to be dealing with a lot of that stuff in, uh, the upcoming weeks and months. Uh, we we're planning on having a, uh, some type of a, we had a funeral, but something on the air, something special uh, in the near future here. Uh, so just keep posted on here. As we, uh, if you're a longtime listener, on February 10th, 2021, I'm sorry, 2022, we did a full our show uh, with an interview with Imogene Salva on her book, uh, on her book, uh, One Star White. And it details the, her family, I'm just making sure we're on the air here. It details her family's uh, struggles. And it was dramatized, or some of the things, because the details were sketchy, were filled in, right? But it was largely about 95% true everything in there, uh, about how uh, Poland, the Polish people during World War II, uh, sort of like what uh, the Ukrainian people are going through in a lot of areas in uh, the Ukrainian war, where people are expatriated, where they are taken away part of the Soviet and the Russian uh, way of doing things is to expatriate people. That is to take them out of the country uh, and put them into re-education centers and camps. And uh, making them Russians essentially and a lot of history behind that uh, there's not a lot of survivors yet uh, around yet. Uh, my mother was 89 and was one of the younger peoples that survived this whole situation at the time. So uh, just like with the Jewish Holocaust and uh, uh, Nazi Germany, a lot we're losing a lot of those folks. So if you have any folks that are, uh, from how I've gone through a similar experience, whether it's in Eastern Europe, Europe, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, no uh, Burma, uh, Myanmar, which is I believe what it's called now. Any of those situations, that's very important that you go and you talk to those people, so you can then understand what is uh, what what that's about. It's stuff that's not in history books uh, there. A lot of what we do here at Safety Wars is inspired by my mother's story and the Polish people's struggle and, uh, in, uh, during World War II and since then for, uh, for things. So uh, very interesting history, and I find myself uh, being the historian for the family with this whole thing. It uh, no, could be a good thing or a bad thing, I guess. Uh, where I've had to read, and I've just said, you know what, just go listen to the February 10, 2022 program with this. And uh, I've referred uh, to a couple of books along the way. Uh, Just, you know, if you'll bear with me a minute here. The reason why we study history is so we don't have to repeat history. So we're able to analyze patterns, I believe it was Winston Churchill that said that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Meaning it's sort of, you see the same things going on and on and on and on, over and over again. And ever since the public has been aware of the resurgence of worldwide communism since the early 2010s, another friend of the program... <laughs> Pointed this out on his program and was uh, thrown off the air. Hopefully Jay Allen won't do that with me. But with the resurgence of worldwide communism uh, here, uh, people are becoming more and more aware and, be, and realizing what's going on there. Yes, I said something controversial. That's why I am the radio shock jock, right? The safety shock jock of the airs, airwaves here. Uh. Now, uh, the Friday before, what day was that? I don't have a calendar in front of me here. Let me break out the calendar. It was, uh, October 27th. We had sat down with the ASSP and, uh, we had some technical issues. We had sat down with the local ASSP, uh, Chattered, and we had done the professional development conference here that happened to be right up the street uh, from me in Rockland County. And we talked about introduction to leadership, my introduction to leadership program, where I introduced the safety pyramid. I'm sorry, the leadership pyramid. Right, we're safety people, we, we have pyramids all over the place. We have a hierarchy of control triangle, we have Heinrich's triangle, we have Bird's triangle. You have all these triangles and everything else, diagrams, so well, we had the leadership pyramid. And I had uh, discussed that on the air here, but we also went out and discussed it in, on YouTube. I redid the video, so I did the presentation here on air, and then we redid the video, uh, did a whole video release that. We, that, we had overwhelming uh, support with that video. I want to thank everybody for that. Uh, Again, if you want to hear this stuff live, in person, we're available for that. 845-269-5772 for the studio uh, for my work phone. And Jim at safetywords.com. We're looking at getting some guests coming up, things of that nature. And uh, we're going to go to commercial break, and we're going to talk about ocean News and Views. Uh, as I have uh, said to a lot of people, we, uh, cover a lot of stuff prior to, uh, hitting the news. And there was one story today, my wife called me up, um, uh, when I was at a, uh, 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 in with a client today, text message, my phone started blowing up and I, you know, turned it off, was along the lines of, uh. Where uh, uh you know it was hit it hit ABC News this morning on fall protection and fraud and fall protection so anyway, and you know what I got a new desk, and I'm getting a every move I have I make here right is uh coming across the microphone, so that's not good. I have to be careful what I'm doing here anyway uh doo-doo. Okay, so we're going to go to commercial break, and it's Tuesday, so we have our uh, hop message too. This is Safety Wars, broadcasting to our brothers and sisters in the occupied territory of behavior-based safety. Get out your secret decoder ring. Here is your nightly message. Blame fixes nothing. Blame fixes nothing. Yes, that is Mrs. Polzel there.
1: With a powerful force of knowledge and support.
0: OSHA Recordables, Catastrophic Losses, Environmental Disasters. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Posel with Safety Wars. That's my daddy! Safety
1: Wars is streaming now. SafetyFM.com.
0: So uh, this morning, I—I uh, got uh, my text messages and phone going off. Hey, Jim, they were talking about safety, uh, and they were talking about construction accidents in New York. And uh, I said, "Okay, let me see what this is." Now, New York, I'm going to talk. I I have conversations with clients with us all the time that work in New York. This is New York State, not only New York City, where we discuss. And I know they were like, well, Jim, you're scaring me. Jim, blah, blah, blah. This stuff doesn't happen. Jim. And I, I had a conversation with a potential customer this morning from a very large company that we've all heard of. And as I always say. And uh, they had, and I said, Look, do you, I said, how long, how long have you worked in uh, New York State? And they said, Well, Jim, uh, you know, first job in New York. I said, Well, if it's your, have, have they explained to you what we colloquially call the scaffold laws and some of the other laws here that are a little bit unique uh, to everything? That, you know? And they said, No, not really. They just threw me out here on the job. All right, and uh, this in this case it was a uh, plant manager, and I said, okay, let me explain it to you. In New York, if you're the confident person, let's say for fault protection, construction, that sort of thing, you screw up your job, it's potential criminal prosecution under state law, and there's a whole bunch of stuff out there um, And that. I said the same thing is with these two laws we're going to be talking about. Uh, one of my uh, neighbors is an attorney, him and his wife are both attorneys, and a big chunk of their work has to deal with these two laws, and, and there's, I said, well, how do you advise people on this stuff? As he says, it's real simple, Jim, R- real simple how we, man- uh, how we advise people. Uh, we make sure that thing paperwork is filed on time, and we go to court, and uh, if we can't reach a settlement, obviously, And then I tell them to make sure they bring their checkbook because they ain't going to win this. And this is part of, I said, well, how much are we talking? He says, well, now there's millions of dollars here that they uh, were talking about here with everything. I said, really? Millions? He said, yeah, millions of dollars. So, wow. Now we know why it's so, pardon me, it's getting in the way. Now we know why things are so expensive here. So, yeah, I got a, oh, check this out, a, up and down on the desk, right? I got it for free. We'll see how it works. And you know, as you know what they say, the, the most dangerous things in life are free. But anyway, uh, now, that's basically it. You're not going to win these cases. Very difficult to win especially if it's a jury trial uh, here. So this is Seven On Your Side Investigates, fake construction falls in New York contributing to rise in rent and home costs. This is from WABC in New York, uh, the TV station, not the radio station. The Seven On Your Side Investigates team has learned about a scam involving fake falls in New York that is costing everyone from construction companies to homeowners and renters. The owners of several restoration companies in New York City tell Eyewitness News that they have been receiving false claims from workers who say they fell while they were on the job. I'm not going to mention the names here of the people. I don't know if they want to be outed to the whole world here. We're finding in some cases that they never even worked on the job, said, said a vice president of a company. They're just looking up permits and job sites and filing claims. Another owner said... He rarely uh, used to get fall claims, but in the last several years, he's getting one or two claims a year. I used to pay maybe 300 uh, Gs in a year in liability insurance. Now I pay $2 million. The contractors have to pass on the cost of the higher insurance premiums to the building owner, who then has to pass it along to the homeowner and renter. They're paying for it every day. Uh, James Fenneman, adjunct professor at St. John's University um, School of Risk Management, uh, said, it's a silent tax that they don't know about. So when they have a rent increase or maintenance increase, and it goes up 12%, 4% of that may come from insurance. Construction industry insiders believe the bogus claims are happening because of New York Labor Law, which states back to the late 19th century. New York Labor Law 240 and 241, which established, which was established in 1885, makes the property owner a construction employer fully liable if a worker falls from any height when is injured. So not only do you have to deal with workers' comp issues, you also have to deal with this. This is separate from workers' comp. All right, Jay Allen made a comment today. We got a lot of people doing this. Uh, right. Now, you know, I talk with my hands. It's, you know, the way I am. So the worker bears no responsibility for the fall under the law. If you can see me on uh, the podcast, I put my hands in front of the camera. The worker bears no responsibility for the fall under the law, uh, although some appellate court judges have denied plaintiff's claims under the law. Yeah, very few. Again, remember what it says. Appellate court judges. It means it went to trial already. Right now it's being appealed. New York is the only state with such a regulation. Uh. The company owner said his company does jobs in Connecticut and New Jersey, yet the company has no claims in those states. In other markets, like New Jersey and Connecticut, you'll have a myriad of contractors in the same type of work. Same materials, some labor. In some cases, yeah, the same labor. Same everything will be half the price of that in New York, and that's mostly driven by insurance costs. We will never have these incidents in New Jersey or Connecticut where we do probably the same amount of work, said another owner. Eyewitness News obtained videos and documentation related to two recent falls from construction sites. A Bronx-based restoration company said it received a claim from a worker who said on September 20th he tripped and fell while working on a job on West 190th Street. The worker said in Workers' Comp claim that he hurt his neck, back, knees, and both shoulders. The company says the worker had been let go a month before and wasn't even supposed to be at the job. Eyewitness News review the surveillance video. Now, this is where it gets really good, guys. And it shows the worker come down a ladder, take a few steps, and then sit down on the sidewalk. The worker does not appear to trip or fall. A few seconds later, another worker comes down the ladder and helps the worker get up and limp away. A person shared surveillance video of two men appearing to conduct a fake fall in front of his house. A person, uh, the uh, property owner, has work being done on his front porch as is elevated one floor above the ground. Video shows two men walking down the street and lying down right in front of Ross's property, directly below the porch construction work. Moments later, someone in the neighborhood captured cell phone video of EMS responding to assist the two men. The men appear to be badly injured, and you can see EMS crews take out a neck brace to wrap it around one of them. They also have a stretcher nearby. I'm sure maybe a lawsuit is going to come up, the property owners said. It seems like they told the MS they fell from the platform up there. Uh, one of the company owners mentioned in the story is currently trying to fight at least five fraudulent claims. The claims have not yet gone through the courts. They have the potential to cost cut the uh, company millions in damages. All these cases happen when no one is looking, no witnesses, and no camera shots. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, so here we have, uh, since 2009, uh, the, uh, the New York State Legislature has considered a bill aimed at adding a comparative negligence standard uh, to labor law 242-241, 240 but it never ha- has passed. So forced workers bear responsibility for their own falls in certain circumstances. I tell you what, this is, uh, you know, Behavior-based safety, right? Blame the worker. Let's see uh, where there is going to be abuse on this one, if that ever goes through. New York, the New York uh, Committee for Occupational Safety and Health about labor law was reached at that labor law two forty two forty one, and the allegations of fake falls. The committee has long advocated for the law as a way to protect workers. Uh. Quote, and this is from a government official, so we will use the name. Quote, falls are the leading cause of construction site fatalities. New York City Occupational Safety and Health Executive Director Charlene Obernauer said, our uh, our laws provide victims the right to a day in court, an opportunity to prove their case. If a contractor follows the rules, make sure safety is a priority, they won't pay a dime. And going, I believe that's a... uh, Government official, any at least. All right? Over an hour says construction company workers are going after the labor law to get off the hook for claims they should be covering. They're putting their bottom dollar above the welfare of hardworking laborers. Now, here's a question. How do you manage something like this? Do you think? How does this need to be managed? Here. Uh... I tell you, the rise of video surveillance, one way. But do you really want to work at a facility where you are on video all the time? I mean, that's not exactly a happy place to work, to always be on video. And people have big issues being on video here with, the, uh, uh, with things. So I know what we do, if it's legal, We wear body cameras. Not the only one. A lot of safety contractors, especially in New York State, wear body cameras. I have one client that will not take any, as a general contractor, they will not take any feedback from a third-party safety person or even their own safety people unless it is on video or a photograph or something type of absolute written proof. And... Now that we know that that's what we have to deal with going into it, it really is not that big of an issue for us uh, to do. uh, No, not really a big issue for us because we know what we're going into. And it's along the lines of, uh, I have some of my employees, well, Jimmy, this is going on. Well, do you have a video? Do you have a photo? Do you have a, a recording? Do you have an email? And... Uh, what ha- and uh, what happened with one of my clients, they refused to believe the safety person, the third-party safety people, my people, and so they hired another third-party safety person to go out there. And then they were shocked on the crap that was going on out there. Absolutely shocked. Uh, and everyone, well, one, well, I said, well, look, human organizational performance, your reaction to things matters. When people report things, they're either fired, disciplined, made fun of. Uh, all thirteen of the all, Salt Islands' rules for radicals come into play with you. What do you expect? And I can have these frank discussions with some clients. With a, you know, what do you expect? You're at each other's uh, throats here. The incentive and workers work based on incentive. The incentive is is to, well after they get treated that way is to not is to not a uh, uh is to not report anything. Well, it is. Hi Jessica. Yeah, my daughter is waving. Okay. My daughter had a little accident with her chair freaking today, apparently. So she's telling me about it. Okay, honey. So anyway, let's take a brief break and we're going to go into some other news.
1: Have you listened
0: or watched uh, the
1: Safety War show? It does stream live on, on the radio and um, on the streamer emers that we have. So if you have not taken a listen to Jim Bozal and what the hell he's doing every evening with uh, Safety Wars, I would, I would strongly encourage you to, um, to take a view or take a listen, um, whichever option is available for you, and take a listen to what the hell he has going on. Uh, it's definitely, it will take some deep dives and in some information that you might be interested in.
0: In a world where danger lurks in every corner, one man stands as a beacon of hope. Jim Polzel, a veteran safety expert with
1: over three decades of experience,
0: now bringing his knowledge to you
1: with Safety Wars. Engaging, informative, and always relevant, that's Safety Wars. Join the safety revolution with Safety Wars. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts
0: and videos. Anyway, we are back. Uh,
1: you are listening to Safety Wars. Tomorrow's safety today.
0: Okay, now. Uh, so we're going to go into some news releases from the Department of Labor. OSHA news releases this is coming up to you from region five this is from last week. I know we're going to be catching up on things here over the next few days. Federal investing, U S department of Labor investigates uh, and cites a Wapaka foundry after two workers suffer an amputation injury in 11 days, Finds the company $234,000. Federal investigations into how two employees in the mill room, at a Wisconsin foundry suffered amputation injuries within 11 days of one another in April and May 2023, found that the, I'm not, I'm not going to say, uh, uh, this company again violated federal regulations for control of hazardous energy. An investigation by OSHA at a certain facility determined a 29-year-old employee suffered a fingertip amputation on April 27th uh, when their hand was dragged into the pinch point uh, between a chain-link conveyor belt and a discharge chute as they removed the jammed parts. I mean, this is a big issue with conveyors. So you have uh, Conveyors, you have to have some type of way of unjamming them, and hopefully it's not with a hand or foot. On uh, May eighth, 2023, the hand of a, a 20-year-old uh, employee on the job for about six months, again, relatively new, Uh, was caught between a part and the stand grinding reel, which also led to a finger amputation. Wow. Okay. Let's go. There was two repeat and six-series violations assessed at $234,385. $234,385 in proposed penalties. And, of course, everyone's innocent until proven guilty and things get vacated and everything else with this stuff. So let's see what we have here. We're going through, and again, I don't read these fires, so you're getting your, my pure raw reaction here with this. All right. This is a lockout tagout. Citation one, item one ace, the lockout tagout. Uh, again, uh, the procedure shall clearly and specifically... Outline the scope, purpose, authorization rules, and techniques to be utilized for the control of hazardous energy and the means to enforce compliance. And it lists a whole bunch of other stuff. This is, uh, here, the employer failed to clearly identify all the steps necessary for lockout, tagout. And that's the long and short of it. $15,625. Citation 1, item 1B. This is $0. No inspection of the procedure. To do that. Citation one, item two, the employer shall provide training in lockout tag app. And I'm not going to be reading the whole thing. 15625 Citation two, item one, this is $85,938. This is a repeat series violation. And, uh, do, do, do. Again, the established procedure for the application of energy control did not cover the actions listed in, and was not done in sequence as required by 1910-147. And this was on two occasions, on April 27th and May 12th, Uh, with this, uh, blah, blah, blah. And it was previously cited for this in September 22nd, 2022. They got them for $85,938 for a total of $117,000 on that set of violations. Now we got the uh, second set of violations that they have here. Okay, citation 1, item 1, type of violation, serious. Types of guarding, one or more methods of machine guarding shall be provided to protect the operator and other employees in the machine area from hazards such as those created by point of operation in going nip points, rotating parts and flying chips and sparks. Again, uh, this is a serious violation. 15,625 proposed the work rests on the grinding machine. So the work rest is to have, has to be within one eighth of an inch, uh, of the uh wh- of the grinding wheel when you're on a let's say a pedestal grinder uh i had a client one time uh remove the grinding uh the rust completely and the guarding and everything on a pedestal grinder and uh they were using it that way for the longest time that will that cost them a lot of money believe me they call me ex post facto hey what can we do about this well take that grinder and throw it in the garbage because you get caught with that again it's a repeat violation, and then so I ah, well, what does that mean? I said, so, well, that means they're gonna get uh, like a hundred thousand dollar, a hundred and some thousand dollar fine. Is that grinder really worth it? No. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> but what happens is as the grinding wheel gets uh, ground down, the rest has to be adjusted to come closer and closer to that grinding wheel keep it at one-eighth of an inch. And by the way, OSHA, this is one of those things where if OSHA goes out there and cites you for this and looks at a pedestal grinder, you better have a tape measure with you so you can measure that to make sure it's one-eighth of an inch. Otherwise, you have a problem. If they call it one-eighth of an inch, uh, guess what? It's one-eighth of an inch. If you go out there and measure it with them and you say, well uh it's one-eighth of an inch but you're saying it's three quarters of an inch uh it's one-eighth of an inch now you have something to argue about right 29 cfr next one citation item three this is 12,278 uh, uh here we go 29 cfr nineteen ten i'm not sure i know this one v6 Deteriorating agents, unless identified for use in the operating environment, no conductors or equipment shall be located in damp or wet locations or exposed to gases, fumes, vapors, liquids, or, <coughs> Pardon me. or other agents that have a deteriorating effect on the conductor, conductors or equipment or were exposed to excessive temperatures. So well, the environmental conditions were not for, no for this. Right, and you try, you know, try to they have wet conditions. Apparently, uh, this one is citation one item three b flexible cords shall be connected to devices and fittings so that a strain release is provided to prevent pull from the being directed transmitted to joints or terminal screws. That was zero. Citation one item three. This is also zero. Uh, the, they have to have an inspection program for portable cords for extension cords. For a grand total of 45,528 on that, and we have another set of citations here. Citation one, five, three. This is also uh, Going down. All right, here we have citation one item one. Serious the employer must ensure guardrail system are capable, withstanding without failure, a force of at least two hundred pounds it downward or outward within two within two inches of the top of the edge and at any point All right so again uh here we have guardrails not installed twelve thousand two seventy eight and here we have a repeat series violation uh nineteen ten three oh five I'm not familiar with this phone so let's read it' unless specifically permitted otherwise of this section flexible cords and cables may not be used for purposes prohibited in paragraphs A through F. got to read this. On or about May 12, okay, an extension cord near a certain operation was used as a substitute for the fixed wiring of a structure when it was providing, provided power from an outlet to the operator's radio system through a power supply. Uh, the extension cord was wrapped around a steel structural members to reach the operator's area where the radio was mounted inside a steel box to protect it from the environment. We have another one. A, uh, an extension cord was used as a substitute for the fixed wiring of a structure but provide a power from an outlet to a retractable, fa- flexible cable reel outlet. The cable reels are used in the area to power items such as but not limited to conveyors and non-destructive test machines. They were previously uh, cited for that. It was corrected during the inspection, though, so it was $61,391 proposed. So this is a lot of money here, you know, with this. And hold on right here. I got to save this one. Uh All right. Federal investigation of amputation finds, another amputation finds a company, again, failed to protect employees from machines, moving parts. And this is a, I don't know what kind of company this is. All right. So they do not link the uh, investigation here but I'll just read the press release. For the third time in five years, federal investigations, f- investigators have found a nationwide provider of ready-made pasta sauces and meals failed to show workplace safety requirements to prevent workers from coming into contact with moving machine parts. Once again, our inspectors found a company ignoring federal, I'm not saying the name of the company, ignoring federal safety requirements to make sure dangerous machines are guarded or fully the energized before they are maintained or serviced. And this is a repeat one. OSHA cited the company for two repeat and eight series violations and assessed $297,000 uh, in uh, proposed penalties. Specifically, inspectors found the company did not make certain employees uh, follow lockout or tackout procedures while servicing and maintaining a sauce line equipment and other machines. Investigators also learned the company did not perform and document annual inspections of machine specific lockout, packout procedures, a violation which they were cited in 2020. So here we go again. Not installing a guardrail. Not installing a guardrail. Storing chemicals in room without adequate mechanical ventilation. Not fully implementing a confined space program. Not developing, documenting, or using lockout tackout procedures for several machines. Failure, failed to inspect slings each day before use. Again, you got to show that you're inspecting stuff, right? Now, that's why checklists are important, folks, right? Not affixing alloy chains with permanent, durable information on size, grade, rated capacity, and reach. If you're using a chain or anything other sling like that, you got to have labels on it. Again, I no I uh, did an audit on uh, Monday of a facility, and what we uh, discovered was no labels on a lot of some illegible labels on fall protection. Got to get rid of that stuff. Lacking aqua- adequate machine guarding and not enclosing chains and sprockets completely to protect employees from injuries. Federal uh, here is our next one. Federal workplace. Uh, uh, investigators have determined a construction contractor uh, could have prevented a 34 year old steel worker from suffering fatal injuries after a 60 foot fall at a company, uh, it was an electric car plant by following legally required safety procedures. And this happened in uh, April, 2023. And the company was cited for one willful and one serious violation and proposed penalties of $160,724. And let's see what we have here. Company name—we're uh, not going to go into it. This is in Ellabel, Georgia. I've driven by this land. Guardrail system safety. And this is a uh, citation two, item one. Well, let's go. Citation one, item one. Serious. Personal fall arrest systems are not inspected prior to each use for wear damage and other deterioration and or defective components were not removed from service. 40, again, and you got to inspect this stuff. Citation to item 1. Guardrail systems, safety net systems, and fall arrest systems, positioning devices, and their components did not uh, conform to the criteria in 1926.502. That means that's all... No, you have to use proper equipment, proper tools, that sort of thing with fall protection. On April 29, 2023, the employer exposed employees to fall hazards and that a self-retractable lifeline was not capable of resisting sharp edges connected to a limit uh, to limit the free fall distance to less than six feet. Not inspected prior to use was used with a defective body harness and notable indicators of damage and deterioration. $156,259. Right here we have, uh, you know, total of one hundred sixty thousand dollars here. Okay, so one was let me get this straight, not inspected, no proof of inspection, and the other one was uh, improper equipment. So they were using a regular. Uh, I'm just reading into this a little bit. They were using a regular lanyard rather than a uh, leading edge lanyard on this. Uh, so, uh, doo-doo-doo. yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm taking these and I'm sending them out to my clients tomorrow. This is a somewhat local, uh, co- uh story here. U.S. Department of Labor cites Long Island roofer for safety failures after worker suffers a fatal fall at a Clinton Cove work site. So this is $522,527, and this is a roofer's fall on April 14th. This is going to be a big one, so let's see here. Again, fall protection. And, oh, and by the way, this is with the laws that we talked about at the beginning. Uh, Get out your checkbook on this one. Let's see. I'm going to try to... Let's, let me do Creskin the Great. No fall protection. No training. And uh, uh, no confident person. Okay, let's see what we got here. I haven't read this. The employer did not train. Ding, 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 ding. Each employee exposed to a fall hazard. In accordance with the requirements of 29 CFR of 1926.61. Yes. This violation most recently occurred on two dates at a place in Glen Cove. $6,875, no training. Citation one, two, item one, type of violation, willful. Uh, Each employee engaged in a steel erection activity who is on a walking and working surface with an unprotected side or edge more than 15 feet above a lower level was not protected from fall hazards by guardrail systems, safety net systems, uh, personal fall arrest since position uh, got out of the So, this is a so part R situation of iron workers and in, in, uh, right involved in steel erection. Yes, yeah, steel erection means putting together beams, not the other, not another kind. All right, putting together columns and beams and everything else. This company did not ensure that employees use fall protection while engaged in steel erection activities fifteen feet or more above lower levels. This violation most recently occurred between on or about April 11th and April 14th. Employee number four was staging materials on the roof of the building as they were being unloaded by the delivery truck. Employee number four walked and worked on the southeast slash west edge of the building while being exposed to fall hazards without use of a guardrail system. Same thing that's blah, blah, blah. And it's something. He needed something. And number two. The company does not ensure that employees use fall protection while engaged in steel erection activities 15 feet or more above lower levels. So you're saying, well, Jim, what about this uh, six foot or more? Yeah, that's great. But if you're involved in some part, our work it's 15 feet or more. But most of the jobs that I'm on, they still enforce the six foot rule. Because what happens is everybody becomes a iron worker at that point. Oh, you're, oh, oh, iron workers could do that, 15 feet, oh, they don't need that, oh, oh, we're all iron workers, now that we don't have to worry about anything, then you tell them, well, you're 30 foot above ground, you know, that's 85942 citation to item two, serious, uh, another $85,000 here, uh, each employee engaged in a steel erection activity who's on a walking and working surface with an unprotected edge edge right, So this is A1. Hold on. Let me scroll back. This is A1. So this is a per-occurrence type situation here. Right? Well, we covered back in March where they're doing... No, normally these would be commingled. These are not being commingled anymore, these violations. It's per thing. And another three, citation two, item three. Another one, commingled here. Uh, Not commingled. They're separate... That means there was another employee. Now we're at 85,942. and here we have twenty-nine. See another one. Item four, same thing. Another eighty-five thousand. Item five, another eighty-five thousand. Item six, another eighty-five thousand. Same one. twenty-six seven sixty a one. For a grand total of five hundred and twenty-two thousand five hundred twenty-seven dollars. So we have. One, two, three, four, five, six willful, serious violations, all because they weren't enforcing the fall protection requirements. Golly, Shazam! Name the classic TV show that came from. Here we have one here with uh. This seems like a multi-employee, uh, job site situation here. U.S. Department of Labor cites three Jacksonville contractors for exposing workers to potentially deadly cave-in hazards at a Middleburg worksite. Uh, so, on July 27th, uh, OSHA observed three employees working at a Middleburg worksite in an unprotected trench about eight feet deep, 55 foot long, and nine foot wide, installing casing around. An existing sewer line. The trench lacked shoring or a trench vats to prevent cave-ins. Investigator also saw a superintendent employed by it looks like yeah the project's general contractor standing on the trench's edge, and the owner of another company in a excavator watching employees working. So you had employees in there, and you had two companies watching. That's the situation. OSHA cited all three employers with one willful violation for exposing employees to cave-in hazards by failing to shore the trench or use a protective system such as a trench box. The agency also cited each employer with a serious violation for placing soil piles on the leading edge of the trench, exposing workers to struck by hazards. OSHA proposed $65,182 in penalties for one company, $33,261 for, to the other two companies. Each to the other two companies. So... No, no, no. Background. Recently, OSHA announced enhanced nation enforcement and additional oversight to support its national emphasis program on preventing injuries related to trenching and excavation hazards. And they have all different types of information on OSHA.com. Uh, quote: Trenching hazards are well known throughout the construction industry, and fatal accidents can occur in the blink of an eye supervisors and owners of companies that send workers into trenches while bypassing life-saving precautions, this was written by a computer, you can see that, show a willful indifference to placing their employees in life-threatening situations, said OSHA Area Director uh, Scott Tisdale of Jacksonville, Florida. Fortunately, we were able to correct the hazards before a cave-in occurred. Now, this is my issue here, all right? Here we have... $65,000 in penalties. And there was no fatality. What about that situation at JFK Airport? That was like $65,000. There were two fatalities there. Explain to me how, uh, and that was for one company, explain to me how this is fair. Pick one, guys. Be consistent in your enforcement, what I'm saying. here, because you're making, you know, you know, they gotta be consistent here uh here's another one here now this one looks like it needs a little bit oh yeah we have a copy of the violations here i'm sorry for that last story here we go for one company citation one item one Excavation ha- uh, thing. The employees are not protected from excavator or other materials that can pose a hazard by falling or uh, rolling into excavations. That was $2,678. Uh, Citation to item one. Each employee in a cave was not protected by cave by a uh, adequate protection system, $62,504. Right. And here's from the other company. Company number two, it was doo, doo, doo. type of violation serious. Employees are not protected from the excavator or other materials or equipment that can pose a hazard by falling or rolling into or by a combination of both if necessary. The, uh, Again, pot, spoil piles are placed on the leading edge of the trench. $2009 for that company, company number two, and No trench fox thirty one thousand two fifty two, and so and the other one was the same thing. Trench foxes. So let me go back here. Did they all get sixty five and? The article is wrong here. Okay, contractor two and three. Okay, no, no, no. The, the article is right. Okay, it's me and I can't read. So the general contractor got the biggest fines here. And it was, you know, of uh, $62,504. Pretty interesting there. Again, same thing uh, with that. Uh Right, protecting the workers. Here we have US Department of Labor finds Wisconsin workers' fatal twenty twenty-three injuries occurred on a machine that 3M company identified as hazardous in twenty twenty two. One of the world's best known manufacturing companies could have prevented an employee at a southwestern Wisconsin manufacturing plant from suffering fatal injuries after becoming caught in a machine's rotating rollers in May 2023, by following federal state workplace safety regulations, the U.S. Department of Labor's OSHA began an investigation after the 3M company reported death at its Hurry Duchin facility. OSHA inspectors learned the employee was helping to set up a plastic extrusion line when they, get, when they became caught. Okay, so was a one worker killed or more than one? Because it says when they were caught, when they became caught. Uh, ocean, or helping to set up. Okay. Should be either he or she became caught, when they became caught. The agency determined the 3M company violated federal regulations for the control of hazardous energy during setup, servicing, and operation of the machine. The incident followed the company's assessment of equipment at its it's U.S. and Canadian plants in May 2022 after a fatality in a 3M facility in Alexandria, Minnesota, in February 2022. The tragedy of another employee's death in Wisconsin is compounded by the fact that the company completed a corporate-wide review and determined powered rollers for hazards and in need of safety improvements. Explain OSHA Regional Administrator, Administrator Bill Donovan in Chicago. The company must address these hazards immediately to protect employees from serious injuries or worse. Well, what do we have here? $312,000 in fines. Citation 1, 1A, item 1A, type of willful violation, willful, serious. Procedures are not developed, documented, or utilized for the control of potentially hazardous energy when employees are engaged in activities covered by this section. Goes on and on and on. Uh, 156,259. Citation 1, Item 1B one uh, Willful, Serious, the established procedures for the application of energy control did not cover the actions listed in and was not done in sequence. Again, they didn't even have them for this one, apparently. Zero on that. Citation 1, Item 2, uh, Willful, Serious, uh, one or more methods of machine guarding was not provided to protect the operator and other employees in the machine area from hazards such as those created by point of operation, ingoing nip points, rotating parts, flying chips, or sparks, $156,259. For a grand total of 312,518. And let's remember, all this stuff could be appealed, vacated, litigated, and everything above. So this is not like the last word on any of these stories that we showed here. What's weird is, is that there are a lot of them were from Wisconsin. So uh, anyway, Uh, let's take one last commercial break and then we will be back. Okay, so, uh, what else we got going on here? Okay, here we have a list. Jay Allen does lists. I'll do a list. He does them better than me, though. Percent misses out of the U.S. Sun. Brits are among the world's biggest binge drinkers. Figure show we rank 33rd out of uh, 33 wealthy nations on rates of heavy episodic drinking, ahead of countries including Germany, and Austria, and Ireland. So here we go. This is uh, percent of people who had six or more drinks in one sitting in the past month. Denmark. 37% of people have done that. Romania, 36 United Kingdom, 35%. Luxembourg, 35%. Germany, 30%. Belgium, 28%. Australia, 26%. Ireland, 25%. Iceland, 24%. United States, 23%. Wow. then drinking. Who would have guessed Denmark? Denmark and Romania. Romania, I could, yeah, okay. It's Eastern Europe. That's... That's a different animal, believe it, believe it or not. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's. I think that we should compare what some of the health uh, situations are in those countries. Also, are they happy mentally? Or I don't know. It should be they're drunk all the time. I don't know. Not all the time. Wow. Uh, what else we have here? And we have, uh, I don't know. Are we all comfortable with all the anti-Semitism out there and the war? They'll rise in the neo-Nazis again? I've uh, told people that these people exist for a long time. I wasn't believed. So it's very frustrating on this, uh, you know, uh, with all this stuff. And let's see how much time we have, and I think we're just going to call it a day. We will be seeing you, I don't know if I'll be on the air tomorrow, again, cleaning up with the uh, mess uh, that, you know, you have when a loved one dies. Uh, that's what I'll be handling uh, tomorrow. Uh, so I don't know if I'll be on the air or not. So uh, for Safety Wars, this is Jim Posel I'll see you when I see you. <laughs>